Welcome to another episode of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast, where we share the stories of basketball experiences in our state. I'm your host, Chris May. The career of Calvert Chaney needs no introduction, but in the next 40 minutes, he'll tell you how a kid who rooted for Evansville Bossy High School and the Purdue Boilermakers and had no clue he could be good enough to play college basketball became an Indiana All-Star at Evansville Harrison High School, the all-time leading scorer at Indiana University, the National College Player of the Year, and played 13 seasons in the NBA. If all of that isn't enough, he'll share his experience with Bob Knight. He'll rattle off a long list of former teammates, including Brad Brownell, Chris Lowry, and Walter McCarty, and he has a memorable playoff game experience against Michael Jordan. Here now with his story is Indiana basketball legend Calbert Chaney. So, Calbert, I'm interested in starting with your childhood, uh, your, your family, and all those sorts of surroundings, but then also how and when basketball started to come into your childhood and into your life. Uh, I think basketball came into my life when my father introduced me to it. Uh, my dad, my dad was, a, was a pretty good athlete himself. He played basketball, ran track uh, at Lincoln High School, the old Lincoln High School. Uh, so uh, – uh, he kind of introduced me to it and got me uh, into the game. And once uh, he, he would take me over to uh playground to go shoot baskets. And, and uh, once I started doing that, I kind of became addicted a little bit to playing. Do you have any first basketball memories, whether that's you playing a game or watching a game or going to a game, anything like that that sticks out in your early years? Uh, I think my, I would say my first basketball memory – would have been when I was little. I went to a Bossy High School game, uh, basketball game. And that was when um, they had, uh, you know, Derek Dow, Myron Christian, those guys. When they had the the very, a very, very good team. They were I think they might have been one of the better teams in the state, if not the country. And uh, I went to one of those games. I think they, I think they ended up playing Harrison High School, and uh, they kind of annihilated Harrison that night. <laughs> so. And, uh, and when I saw that game, I was like, man, this is this is, this is great. Uh, I, I, you start to realize and try to imagine yourself being down there playing. And so even at that young age of that, that game, did, did you realize you were going to go to Harrison or were you rooting for Bossy? I mean, what, what do you recall of that? Oh, no, I was a Bossy fan all the way. Uh, <laughs> I was a big-time Bossy fan. Uh, where, where, I, where we lived, uh, we lived on Grum Street, which was in Bossy's district at the time. Uh, so uh, with Coach Mullen and those guys, and like I said, Derek Dow, they live right around the corner from us. Uh, like I said, yeah, Myron Christian, Every Wide Day, all those guys uh, playing for the team. And, uh, you know, my my original choice, obviously, I wanted to go play for Bossy because Bossy has had the best basketball team in the in, uh, in the state, yeah, not only in the city, but in the state. So that was my that was my dream. We're going to get into that uh, a little bit later on. Uh, back to your dad, the playground. Uh, where was that playground located, and, and what sort of memories do you have of, of playing there, shooting there, or whatever else might have occurred? Uh, we used to, my first, I think my kindergarten and first grade year, uh, we, we uh, my, me and my sisters went to St. Saint, uh, Saint Benedict. Uh, so uh, when we go, like, on the weekends, obviously we, uh, went to school there, but on the weekends, my dad would take me over to the to, to the St. Benedict uh, playground, and we'd go shoot uh, over there, or we'd go to Bear Park, right around the corner from where we lived, uh, uh, and we'd go shoot over there as well. So 
uh, we had a couple of spots where we would go, but he would take me out to go shoot. And, and, I, and at the time when I was at that small, uh, I was slinging it up there as, as opposed to like really shooting. He was trying to shoot, show me how to shoot and everything. And, and I'd get so addicted to it, he would, and when it came time to go, I start crying because I didn't want to go. I wanted to keep shooting, and uh, but it, but that's just that's just how it was. And I really do appreciate my father for introducing me to the game. Uh, and uh, like I said, I really I, I enjoyed those times back then. So I'm interested in learning more about your father. You mentioned he was an athlete himself. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about him, and then of course, obviously, how he impacted and helped teach you the game. Uh, he was a, he was a great man. He was, uh, you know, he, he, uh, was in, a, was in the Air Force for, I think, about seven, eight years. But then, uh, then he worked at George Cook and Son, uh, in, uh, in Evansville, Indiana, Steel Mills. So, uh, he was, he was a big time athlete when he was, when he was a little, at least, at least that's what he said. So, uh, he, 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 uh, he ran track. I think he played basketball, but I think his sport was track. He was really, really fast. We would always have, um, uh, races. And I could never beat him. And I would be crying my eyes out because I could never beat him. And finally, I might have been maybe maybe 12 or 13 years old. I think that's when I finally beat him. I couldn't, I, and I'll tell you what, that was probably one of the better days, one of the best days of my life when I when I finally beat my father in, in, uh, in racing. So, <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's a good man, good at, great athlete, uh, but he could run like the wind too. And when I finally was able to beat him, uh, that, 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 was, that, uh, that, that actually uh, – Checked off one of my things on my bucket list. I, I was going to say, I'm sure that's a great accomplishment for a guy, a kid that age. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So uh, <laughs> back to your childhood, back to the basketball experiences, does there come a point where you're in neighborhood games or you're riding your bike somewhere? Or what are those types of things once you get beyond that early kindergarten, first grade type of age? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We obviously, yeah, we started to play uh, neighborhood ball. Uh, there's a there's a place down the street from where we live. My, uh, uh, I can't remember the our neighbor's name, but he would allow us to go into the back and play in his uh, on his goal in the backyard. And uh, so we would play there. Uh, we would go to uh, Alpha Plaza Park. They used to have run games out at Plaza Park, and we used to play it. Go out there all the time. So I would take my bike. We would all, we would all ride our bikes. So I lived down right on the Probably, I don't know if you're too familiar with Evansville, but we, there was, we lived like more near downtown, and Plaza Park was out on the east side. So uh, we were, we would get on our bikes early in the morning, uh, and that, that was back when kids actually went outside and played all the time. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that too. <laughs> so we went out there, and and uh, so we'd ride, get on our dirt bikes, and we'd ride all the way out to Plaza Park and go play, uh, go eat lunch, and then come back and go play some more. And then right all the way back by the time that blue light came on uh, at night. And uh, so we would do those things. And then we'd also play uh, two-hand tag in the street football uh, all the time as well. Uh, so uh, we kept ourselves busy in, the, on those, in those springs and summertime, right? especially when school was out. And you mentioned the tag football. <laughs> did you play baseball or any other sports? How, how focused oh, at yeah. that age were you on basketball? Uh, I went. I was all sports. I didn't really, you know. I love playing basketball, but I also love running track. I love playing baseball. I love playing football. I played in the Lakeview Optimist League in football when I was growing up, uh, and then uh, and we went from there to South Youth League out on the east side. Uh, uh, when I was that went from football, to, you, know, you go from football to basketball, and then go from basketball to baseball, and, or the track. I'm sorry, and then the summertime was baseball. So we, you know, like South Youth League and baseball. 
the football ran around. I was Lakeview Optimist. Played Lakeview Optimist. Played for the Packers and then played for the Bengals at the, at the top league. And then uh, and then when uh, track ran around, you know, came around. I, was, I ran track for my, um, my Lodge Elementary School. I went to Lodge Elementary. Ran track there. And uh, in my middle school, I went to Washington Middle School and ran track there. And, and, and so on and so forth. So, uh, like I said, it was I was an all sports kid. I, I loved playing all sports. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of people said that I was better at baseball than basketball, but you know, and I, and I kind of thought, you know, I was pretty pretty good at that as well. But uh, you know, so it, it was. I just enjoyed playing all sports. I didn't I didn't really care at the time. I just I just enjoyed playing being outdoors. Was there a point in your childhood that? you realized basketball was either a great love or you were pretty talented or is there a moment that, that, that kind of sparks? Well, the moment sparked, I, I enjoyed playing, but it really didn't dawn on me to really take basketball to the next level until I got to high school. And, uh, you know, coach Gerald Van Dieven, who was my coach, uh, at the time, you know, he had just gotten the job at, uh, Harrison High School. I think before that he had been coaching Boonville High School. They were really Boonville had been really good the last few years. And uh, uh, I think first couple of weeks he was at school because uh, you know not only he was the coach, he was also I think the discipline counselor too. So he doubled as that. And he called me into his office and said, "Hey Cal, you have an opportunity to be one of the uh, best players in the in the area. Uh, uh, if you continue to work on your skill and your abilities, you have a lot of natural ability. But if you continue to work on your game," Uh, and if you're, you know, if that part of your game catches up with your, with your natural ability, you, I promise you, I'll, you know, I'll get you a scholarship to play college basketball. And at the time, uh, my family didn't, you know, they really couldn't afford to, uh, send me to college. You know, my mom, my mom and dad got divorced when I was like nine or 10. Uh, so, um, she, you know, basically working at a single parent home and, we didn't have the, the means to to go to college. So for me to go to college, so for me to get a scholarship would have been like, I, I was over the moon when coach, coach Van Dieven told me that. So once he told me that it kind of like the switch kind of, kind of popped on and I really dedicated myself to trying to become the best basketball player I could be. So it sounds like that was a really eye opening conversation and experience in your life. Oh yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, so at the time, you know, Harrison wasn't very good at, at, at basketball. Uh, at that time, and when he came, you know everything. The, the, I think the complexity, the whole uh, complexity of who was the better team in the city would kind of change. Because at the time, it was bossy and Memorial for the most part, trickling a little bit of modern day. Uh, but then when Coach came, uh, you know we we kind of you know kind of kind of took over the mantle for a little bit for a little bit of time at that at that point. Especially for any younger listeners, any kids who are aspiring mm-hmm. basketball players, give us some insight into what kind of motivation, drive, hard work. When Coach Vandeventer says you've got a chance to go get a college scholarship, what is Calvert Chaney doing to put himself in a position to end up going to IU and doing all the things that you do? Oh, just work every day. I mean, work hard every day. Uh, even if I wasn't in the gym at, at the high school, I was out, you know, playing. Uh, on the playground uh, every chance I got a chance I, you know I would I used to carry a basketball around I used to actually used to carry a tennis ball around and I used a tennis ball uh, since it was a small ball I would dribble it everywhere and that would in turn try to 
kind of give me a pseudo workout in terms of, you know, handling the basketball. Or I just go to, you know, at the Plaza Park or I go to my neighborhood, uh, uh, my neighborhood uh, hoop and just go shoot and all by myself. Uh, people got to understand is that, yeah, you know, you got people that can push you, but at the same time, but the most important person that's got to push you is you. And uh, if you do those things, if you push yourself to be the best you can possibly be, I mean, there's nothing that you can't do. Uh, and that's that's probably the young, the one thing that uh, to the young to young people of this world, uh, yeah, you're gonna have people behind you to help get you there and motivate you and give you advice. But at the end of the day, you're in, you're the one that's in charge of your own destiny. And uh, so if you embrace that, uh, you'll you'll be you'll be a success. I'm always interested in asking guys of your stature who've accomplished some amazing things. How much of your basketball ability was just that? Was was God given ability, and how much of it was skill work that you developed to get better? I, I was, you know, I was always a good athlete, but um, I think that I was terrible at in the beginning. I was a terrible uh, um, at the basketball skill. So I really had to work myself into it. I could always really shoot the ball, but in terms of like, uh, you know, being able to dribble it, uh, knowing the nuances of the game, knowing how to play, uh, knowing how to get open, those things, I wasn't really good at it. And then, you know, Coach Van Diemen really helped me with that. And then by the time I got to maybe my junior year, that's when I really started to start clicking. It started to click in terms of like uh, understanding the game, uh, knowing how to play, knowing how to get open, knowing how to put the ball on the floor, uh, understanding it, that's when I, my, everything started to really take off. And I'm also curious, a guy of your age, you talk so much about the high school aspect right there in getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also interested in how much might have been on the playground more of an improvised background, an AAU background, because as, in your time frame, that was becoming more and more of a deal with the travel ball. Yeah, exactly. Uh uh, yeah, the, the, the AAU kind of helped me as well. I mean, really, actually, really helped. Uh, Coach Frazier, uh, who coached our team, you know, Mike Thomas Photography, that was our team, Evansville Basketball Club. Uh, love Mike to death. Uh, he got us all together, and we played. We didn't we didn't travel far, but uh, we would play in the White River Park State games. We played in a couple of uh, events in, in uh, I think one in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, and a few, but where we, where we had a chance to play against some of the better teams, not only in the region but also in the country, and that that kind of gave me an idea where can get kind of gave me an idea and our team an idea of where we stood uh, against you know the same type of competition, if not better competition, and uh, that was fun. That was fun. That was when AAU was kind of in its for us was it, that's when teams were traveling, but they weren't traveling at the rate that they're traveling now. But we probably played. Maybe, uh, maybe four. I say six to seven tournaments in the summer, and that was it. But you know, we had to make those. So we had to make those tournaments count. And uh, we did a lot of. I mean, we did it. It was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. And that kind of helped me, uh, gave me a gauge of where I need to be or where I was as a player and what I need to do to get better. Who were some of those guys on that uh, EBC team you're referencing there? Oh, we were, uh, Walter, Walter McCarty, uh, Chris Lowry. Um, we had a we had we had a pretty good team. I mean, we had uh, Brent Kale. Uh, we had we had some guys that were that were pretty decent. We 
we, we held our own. I mean, we uh, there were some times where we, you know, we played against some guys that, you know, they were they were pretty damn good. But we you know, like I said, we held our own and, and did it. We won, but let's just say we won more games than we lost. So, uh, like I said, it was a tremendous experience. Like we had a chance. We played together. We ended up winning the White River Park State games uh, against actually uh, my old teammate at Indiana, uh, Greg Graham's team. Uh, you know, uh, so they, you know, like I said, that was that was one of the highlights of of our uh, of uh, of our team when we were together. So it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed. So part of the fun for me, at least, of this series is the reminiscing about high school experiences, and so that's where I went ahead. You just mentioned a couple mm-hmm. of guys I was going to bring up. If you didn't, um, you mentioned kind of a changing of the tide. Bossy had been pretty good. Memorial hadn't been bad, uh, but then mm-hmm. in your era with Harrison. You play with Chris Lowry in high school. I think you and Walter just missed each other as far as varsity, I think. But yeah, uh, <laughs> talk me through. Unfortunately, it, I, that, that would have been fun. Yeah, that, that's my first question <laughs> is if you guys were playing together in the summer, what's a Chris Lowry, Calvert Chaney, Walter McCarty team? Uh, how do you defend them? How do you stop them? Uh, you, you have you, you have a tough time doing that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you would have a tough time. At the time, you know, people didn't realize how, how, how good Chris was. Chris was unbelievable. I ended up going to Southern Illinois. Uh, and uh, he was a big time athlete too. Could you know, could duck the ball at a size, could shoot it, could handle the ball, played really good defense. Uh, you know, and then you had Walter, you know, Walter, you know, his, his size and ability to shoot the ball, put it on the floor, his and his tremendous athleticism, even more athletic than I was. So, uh, we had a lot, of, like I said, we had a lot of fun times. It was fun playing with those guys. And you know, the thing with with, with uh, Walter was, uh, at the time, Coach Van Diemen wasn't allowing freshmen to play with uh, on the varsity team. Uh, I think the first player he actually let uh, uh, play with us uh, as a freshman was Brent Kill, and uh, as a freshman. So up until that point, uh, I got at the, at the time Walter probably and at the time into into Walter's defense, he wasn't really ready yet. Uh, he wasn't quite ready yet. He was still. Really, really skinny, and but he, but he still had the, uh, he had the ability and skill at the time. Him being able to help us right then and there, we had Carl help, we had uh, Jay Stewart, uh, so we and, uh, and and a couple other guys, Sean Wise. So at the time, we really didn't need Walter, but uh, it would have been fun to play with him, and that would have been great. <laughs> uh, and so, just to clarify, your senior year of high school was Walter's freshman year. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Um, you've mentioned some other names. I, I'm interested the Evansville high school scene in your high school days. Uh, who were some of the other top teams, top players, uh, conference rivals, sectional opponents, any of those sorts of things? Uh, you had Balsey, you had uh, Dirk Soros, uh, Matt Wandering. They had a really good. They would always be good. Uh, you had North. I can't remember the guy who played for North. Uh, he was really good. Jerome Hill, I think, played for North High School. Uh, Memorial had. Uh, my goodness, uh, man. Uh, We're going back Anderson. a few years. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Anderson, uh, those guys, they had a really good team. Uh, they were really good. And then, uh, so those, those were probably the main three. It was it was us, for the most part, it was us, Memorial and Bossy, who we always battled it out. And then you, you trickle in some north at the time of Jerome Hill. Uh, they, we were the ones that uh, usually fought it out for the for the city and the SIAC title at the time. And, and in your time, did you have not only the conference, the SIAC, did you have a city tournament during your high school days? 
Yeah, we had we had uh, we didn't have a city tournament. You, okay. you mean like a sectional, or are you just saying you you talking about the city? I mean like an city actual tournament. city tournament during the season before. No, okay. we didn't have it. We didn't have a city. We, we we just took they took the best records from from uh, uh, the best record, and then whoever had the best record at the end of the year was a city champion. Okay, I'm also so interested there, there from no from an outsider's perspective. Um, did you play games at uh, Roberts Arena? Uh, what was that? Uh, Roberts Stadium. Roberts Stadium. Yes. Robert's Oh yeah, yeah. We played. Yeah, we played there at the time. Boston didn't have a uh, dedicated arena of their own, so Robert Stadium was their place to play, and uh, that was their home. And so we, so anytime we had a chance to go play at Robert Stadium, that was like that was unbelievable. I mean, you say University of Evansville played there all the time, and um, like man, we get a chance to play on that Robert Stadium court, man. That's gonna be wonder. That's gonna be love. And uh, but but and also our sectional, our sectional was always at Robert Stadium as well. So. Uh, yeah, it was a tremendous honor and a privilege to play on that floor with all the people that come through there at the time. You know, the great University of Evansville teams, the Aces teams that play on that floor. Uh, the place seated 10,000 and sat underground. Uh, when you went in, you walked through the concourse, and then and then all of a sudden it just drops the seats. Everything drops down to the floor, and it was like it was probably one of the uh, best arenas I've ever been in. And it's it's a shame that it's not there anymore. And uh, but it was it was definitely a uh, a monument uh, of Evansville history. I'm interested in any memorable games from your high school career that stand out to you. I know you had a, I think 47 maybe was your high school career, uh, career high, mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. Any big rivalry games, uh, big scoring games, big time matchups, anything that stands out to you? No, the one thing that stands out was Boston. Because Boston, like I said, had dominated the city for, for so many years. And uh, we had played them uh, there. And uh, and we finally beat them, and uh, and when we beat them. I think that that at that time it was, we had uh, it, was, it was it was Brad Brownell uh, at the time we were head coach of Clemson. Uh, we were Derek Kelly, myself, Tim Moore. That's when we finally beat them uh, there. And when we beat them there. That was uh, that was that was that was tremendous. That was big. That was huge. Uh, uh, and then that kind of I didn't say it, it didn't quite turn the tide, uh, so to speak, but. Uh, we, we we let everybody know that we were on the map and we were here to stay. I did want to go back to uh, something you mentioned about uh, Coach Vandeventer and the uh, no freshman on the varsity rule. So, did you crack varsity as a sophomore? What was your early introduction to Indiana high school varsity basketball? Oh, sophomore year. Yeah, I cracked it, and that was the year Coach came in. Uh, so, yeah, I cracked it my sophomore year. Uh, I ended up. Uh, I don't think I can't remember if I started at, at in the beginning, but. I think I ended up starting, uh, and uh, and that was that was my sophomore year, Brad Brownell senior year, uh, and we had Tim Moore who ended up going to Houston, Illinois. Uh, uh, so we had a pretty decent team right at that time. We we I think we ended up losing in the sectional championship to uh, uh, Memorial uh, that year. What sort of expectations did you have coming in as a sophomore coming to the varsity level? Oh, I didn't have any expectation. I was just trying to just contribute to the team the best I possibly could, whatever I needed to do, whether they whether needed to just play defense, rebound, uh, just give energy. Uh, that's all I was. That's all I wanted to do. Because uh, at the time, you know, Brad was Brad and Tim Moore were the two main guys, along with Derek Kelly, uh, and so I just tried to just fit in and do my job and do my part and try to help the team win. You mentioned your junior year. I think you said you really made leaps and bounds or, or improved quite a bit. Um, what what led to that? What was that junior season like? 
I think coach, because coach Van Dieven gave me more responsibility, um, allowed me to be more uh, of a scorer for the team, uh, put the ball in the basket, uh, and uh, just gave me more responsibility in that regard, shooting the basketball, defending the, probably the best player, uh, giving me, pushing me to the point to where it's like, yeah, I need you to be, in order for us to be successful, I need you to be this on, on I, I need you to be the best player on pretty much every night or try to be the best player on the team. Uh, and that's so just by him giving me more responsibility really uh, uh, helped me to uh, to grow as a player. And then obviously your senior season, the the story unfortunately for you is the uh, the foot injury, the broken foot. Uh, explain that situation when that occurred, and especially how that affected you both both mentally as well as physically and and all those other you know the success of the team. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough because we had that year. That was the year that we thought. Um, we had an opportunity to win the state title. Um, myself, uh, Chris Lowry, Kevin Tapp, Sean Wise, uh, Carl Helt, um, Darren Winstead, Brent Kell. We really had a we had a really really good basketball team, and um, and for that to happen that way, uh, it was it was tough. And uh, so, uh, but we we really had a great year. At the time, I think when I did break my foot, I think we were undefeated, number two in the state at the time. And we had played, you know, I'm kind of remember that as clear as day. We played Terre Haute South up in the Homer Center in Indiana State. And uh, I do remember uh, the first uh, eight minutes, I mean, I came out like a house of fire. I think I, I can't remember if I scored eight of the first 10 points or, you know, because at that time it was like, yeah, we're playing Terre Haute South, they're the number one team in the state. We're going to let them know who we are. And uh, so I came out uh, on fire, and uh, then all of a sudden uh, I turn. I think I turn and I come down, and all of a sudden I, I think I rubbed, I might have rolled my ankle, and when I rolled it, I heard a, I felt a pop, and uh, and normally I've I've always had a pretty high pain tolerance, uh, so I would if I, especially if I rolled my ankle, if I rolled my ankle, it would hurt for for a split second, but then at the time it would it would uh, it would it would end up getting better, and I continue to play. But this pain wouldn't go away, and it was no, it was near my foot. So I come out uh, in this, for a minute, and then Coach Van Dievener asked me if I want to give it a try, and I said, let's give it a try. And then uh, I went out there, tried to run, and once I tried to push off, there was nothing. I there was I couldn't move. I couldn't move. So, and that's that's when I knew something was wrong. So, uh, come to find out, it ended up being a broken foot, and our, you know, my, season, my season ended up being over, and. Uh, and so that was, that was pretty tough. Yeah, that was pretty tough because I really thought we had a chance to win uh, the uh, championship that year. I think the only team that we thought would probably give us some problems was was t- Lawrence North with Eric Montross and uh, and Ty, my old teammate Ty Leary, and they ended up winning the championship that year. You mentioned those high expectations, those state championship aspirations. Um, you know, Evansville probably feels like they're overlooked quite often. <laughs> so was there a bit of a chip on your shoulder or some sort of we're carrying the banner for Southwestern Indiana or this is, you know, anything along those lines? Oh, no doubt. And, and I think even more so, and this is probably more important to me than probably the state part of it. I think us carrying the mantle for, the, for yeah, Southern Indiana in terms of us being the team as opposed to Boston Memorial, uh, you know, all these other teams that have been around for such a long time and have really, you know, won the sectional, come out of the, come out of, the, uh, of, our, of our region with the sectional and regional title or semi-state title, we, we, yeah, we had a chip on our shoulder, I, me especially, because I was going to prove to everybody and our, and our team was going to prove to everybody that, hey, that we, can, we, we can win this championship. And, you know, Harrison hasn't been there 
before, but I think we can we can get there this season. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But at the same time, we I think we did play with a chip on our shoulder, and we were uh, one of the better teams in the state that year. Just you know, sometimes circumstances happen that you can't control. I'm interested. You were named a 1989 Indiana All Star. Did you uh, participate? Uh, what was your experience with the All Star selection? Yeah, I participated in the, uh, the festivities and everything, and I actually sat during the games. I just couldn't play. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I think the highlight of it all was when uh, we had the – I think that it was the All-Star Banquet up at the Masonic Temple in Indianapolis. Uh, and, and, and Julius Irving, he's my, he's my idol growing up, he spoke. And uh, when he spoke uh, – I got, and I got a chance to meet him. It was like, man, I was like, this, is, this is unbelievable. So that was definitely the highlight of my all-star experience, getting a chance to meet Julius Irving, Dr. J. And, and, and uh, you know, I've been watching this guy on TV for years, and he's been one of the best players in, in, uh, in the world for years. And to have an opportunity to, to, to say hi and, and shake his hand uh, uh, was, was an unbelievable experience. So that actually was something I intended to ask you earlier. Uh, everybody has a childhood basketball role model, idol, the guy they want to be. Was it always Dr. J? Was he your only guy? Oh, they, oh no question. He was the guy. Philadelphia, the Philadelphia 76ers were my team. And so every time they uh, – every time I kind of like I always lived and died by them winning and losing. So like every time they got to the playoffs and they would play Boston Celtics or, or and, and then Boston would beat them, I would, I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> because you want to see, you know, Julius serving in the 76ers win a championship so bad. And so, uh, yeah, so I was, yeah, I was big time Sixers and Dr. J fans. So did you practice the move where he goes up and goes under the basket and lays it in from the reverse uh, side? I, I tried it, but it didn't, it didn't work out too well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to imagine at some point you, you could, you were capable and perfected that move. <laughs> every, every now and then, yeah, but at that time, no, I was like, I, yeah, that's, the, that's what you do there. You try, you, you always try the moves of your idols and uh, see if it works out for you. But that's, that's how much you mentioned. I want to talk briefly about your college career. You've been interviewed and profiled elsewhere with the ins and outs of, of your time at IU. Um, the one thing that stands out to me, and, and I'm going to interject myself here. So in 1993, you are the National College Player of the Year. I'm 10 years old, and I think that you walk on water. And I'm curious, because of the element that basketball plays, and especially at that point in time, as, as prevalent as IU was and successful as IU was, you know, you know, to be the best player on IU, <laughs> de facto kind of means you're, you're like the most popular guy in Indiana, and you're 21, 22 years old. I'm just curious, what is it like to be the man at IU and, like I said, arguably the most popular guy in our entire state? Uh. I would, if any, any, I don't know, Chris, I mean, we've met, we've talked on numerous occasions. Anybody that knows me, I'm not that, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, but at the same time, you know, you don't let it, something like that get to you or get to your head. I've, I've always been a modest uh, uh, guy who's, who's always been about team, team, team. And so I don't, I never let, try to let any of that get, get to me if anything i would try to run from it sometimes, sometimes. but at the same time it was it was uh it, it was it was it was interesting because uh it, never in a million years did i ever think that i would be in that position to to win a uh college basketball player of the year awards and, and be the uh uh big 10 and 
the university all-time leading scorer. I never thought that in a million years, and uh, to and to to be able, and to have been able to accomplish those things, obviously, it, I couldn't have done it without my team, uh, my teammates, and what they've done, and uh, and, and what we've done, and what we, we were able to do uh, during the during the four years that I was there. Uh, it, it was it was it was a lot of fun, and and to be to walk on campus, and I think one of the greatest things about Indiana and Indiana University being a basketball school is like no matter, and this is what I loved about our students and, and all the and, and, and the students on our campus. You know, whether win or lose, you know, at, the day after a game, if you play a home game or you're on the way and you come back the night after the game, either after you won or lost, they're always uh, there to say, you know, give you a pat on the back and say, hey, you know, nice try, great game, or or uh, or, or no matter what. And that's that's what makes IU the university so special, is that they they uh, they're such great basketball fans that are great and they're they're and to them it's it's about the pureness of the game, and uh, that's what I really enjoyed about being in, in Indiana, and uh, and being able to experience that because when I first left uh, Evansville, uh, Indiana wasn't the first place I wanted to go. It's actually actually it was Purdue that that I wanted to go to first, and then after that it was Kentucky. So, um, and to, but to when I had an experience of coming to the game to a game to see uh, uh, Indiana play Purdue, and I think this is when uh, Jay Edwards hit the hit the shot to win the game for him. It was like a last second shot. I said I, I knew this is this is the place that I that I wanted to be, and uh, uh, but that's 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 how much you know Indiana basketball means to me. What a fascinating story. I am interested now that you mentioned that. I mean, what what led you? Were you a Purdue fan, or you just thought you would fit there? What were your interests in Purdue and in Kentucky? Oh, I, I was a Purdue fan. I was a Purdue fan. I was, you know, Everett Stevens, Troy Lewis. I mean, uh, Troy Lewis. I was, I was, a, I was, a, I was a big time fan. They were really, really good at the time, and uh, I used to watch them on TV all the time, and uh, really, really enjoyed it. And then at the same time, you know, uh, at the time, uh, Kentucky, UK, Eddie Sutton was coaching there at the time, and I was really, big, I was a big fan there. And uh, I like I like Rex Chapman uh, when he played there, and, uh, and 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 a couple other guys. But you know, I, I, I would, since we're like on the we're we're the we're the pocket city, so we're down by the, the river. So you know, you, we got a lot of Kentucky games, and obviously we got a lot of Purdue games as well as Indiana games. So uh, I watched all three, but but the team that I really wanted to play for at the time was Purdue. So I'm also curious, you have the, the moment your sophomore year with Coach Vandevitter, you mentioned about him lighting a fire under you, letting you know how good you could be. You said you mm -hmm. didn't have these dreams that you'd become IU's all-time leading scorer, the Big Ten all-time leading scorer, the National College Player of the Year. Was, was there a moment, an experience, anything along your college path that, that led you to believe, oh, my gosh, I can do all these things? Uh, it, didn't get, it, it didn't become evident to probably my uh... – when I got to about, about my sophomore year in college, it's like, well, I got an opportunity to do some things here. Uh, if I if I stay the course and keep working hard and, and dedicate myself to the game, uh, you know, I'll be fine. And you know, Coach Knight, that's where Coach Knight and Coach Felling, Coach Dockage, and those guys, Coach Ellenberger, uh, really pushed us. Not only myself, but they pushed us as a team to get better. And uh, and uh, I think Coach Knight helped me in a way in terms of the competitive part of it. Not only from not just from the 
go out there, you know, just once, once the ball's rolled out, go out and play. No, you got to prepare, get yourselves ready, uh, study the team, what they want to do uh, against us and what we need to do against them, knowing who you're guarding, uh, preparing yourself to get get ready to play. And uh, and that's the other, you know, obviously that's, you want to you want to compete physically, but you also want to be able to compete mentally. And uh, and it got to the point to where we were like we did, we knew we were going to win the game, just by how much. And uh, that's how prepared we were for each game. And that's what you know, Coach Knight taught my, not only myself but our but uh, but the team. Picked sixth in the NBA draft. You had a, a nice NBA career. I'm I'm interested if any of those stops stands out to you was most memorable. Your favorite city, anything like that of the franchises you played with. Uh, they're all great cities. Washington was great because, you know, you have an opportunity. I'd, I'd never been outside the state of Indiana, uh, much less uh, going anywhere else. I've, I've, I've been AAU and we would bus. I think the first time I ever took a plane was, uh, first time I ever took a plane was my senior year. Uh, I think my senior year in high school, <laughs> first time I ever took a plane. So uh, it, it was different. But uh, yeah, but but you know Washington was a great city, and you know, we lived there for like 16 years. Even after I got, uh, after we went elsewhere, after I, even after I went elsewhere, we just loved the city. My my wife's mom lives there, and uh, uh, obviously living in the Bay Area. But I think the 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 best organization that I was I was at was was it was Utah at the time because I got a chance to play with John Stockton and Carl Malone. Uh, I wish I would have had a chance to play with them in their prime. That was, I think, that year was it was John's last year, and uh, Carl's next to last year. The next year after that, we lost in the playoffs. Carl went to the Lakers for a year, and uh, so it, to have an opportunity to play with those guys and be coached by Jerry Sloan, who was a former University of Evansville Ace uh, player, where they won the national a couple of national championships when he was there, and he was a former NBA player. That was a that was a fun organization to play for, even if it was just for a year. It was fun because they they got they knew they got it. They knew what they needed to do. Uh, they understood uh, themselves as an organization and what they need to do as a, as a as a team. And uh, that was that was that was a lot of fun to to, to uh, it was a lot of fun to play for that organization. So I've also got to ask you the last dance, the documentary on Michael Jordan and the Bulls has just completed, mm-hmm. and everybody's been watching it. So any games against Jordan any experiences any Jordan stories that that come to mind for you uh yeah one uh this is when we played him in the playoffs <laughs> this is funny uh so we're uh I think it's game two uh when I was when I was in Washington we're game two and this is when he had like 55 so I had a pretty good game myself uh but after that point I think he had scored like we were making a run, and every game was close. We, you know, because we feel like we matched up pretty well with them. And uh, I think that was the year that they won 69 or 70 games. We beat maybe once or twice that year, and uh, in a regular season. So we felt like we matched up pretty decently with them. And then, uh, but Mike goes off for like 55 in game two. So he's 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 going crazy in the fourth quarter, and I'm doing everything. Uh, and he's just making shot after shot after shot. And, and there's only so much you can do. All you can do is just try to slow him down, but. And once he gets moved, gets going, it's, it's tough to slow him down. And then he hits this one shot, turnaround jump shot, uh, over his left shoulder toward the baseline. And I swear it looked like he was he was parallel to the ground when he shot it. And he he, he lands on his he lands on his ass. We had to call a timeout. He goes to, so we go to the timeout. 
And then we come out of the timeout and we're standing next to one another. He just, he, so actually I'm standing, I think I'm standing there. He comes up next to me and I'm, I think I'm leaning over on my shorts and he goes down on his shorts. He's like, he's like, Ken, are you tired yet? <laughs> and I said, and I said, me, am I tired yet? Are you tired yet? <laughs> I said, <laughs> so at the time that was when, uh, uh, he had a really, really good game, uh, in game two. Uh, and we had actually, actually had a chance to win that game and, uh, came up short, but, it just just goes to show how how uh, how wonderful player he is, and, and uh, he's by far the best player I ever played against, and I think he's the best player to ever play the game. Uh, but to have opportunity to 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 go up against him and and uh, and, and play against him was uh it was, it was a lot of fun. To wrap things up, following your playing career, now coaching has been a part of your life. Uh, you were on mm-hmm. staff at Indiana for a while. You went with Coach Cruz and were assistant coach at St. Louis University. And uh, mm-hmm. most recently, you've you've been in the the G League. So uh, fill our listeners in on your coaching career and, and what the future might hold for you in that world. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, obviously, at some point, you're gonna like to be a head coach, but uh, you know, right now, I mean, I, I'm re- I really enjoy the G League because the G League allows you, you know, these kids. I think you want to say 45, anywhere from 45 to 50 percent of the players in the NBA came from the G League. So we we uh, kind of pride ourselves on trying to help develop these kids and try to get them uh, to the next level. Uh, and uh, it's a lot. Of, I really, really enjoy it. I've been with uh, the College Park Skyhawks. This is our inaugural last past, past year was our inaugural year, and uh, unfortunately, the season got cut short because of the of the pandemic. But uh, but like I said, I, I really enjoy it, and uh, uh, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun for me because you know, it allows you to help the development, help help the kids to achieve their dream. I had people when I was growing up help achieve. There have been a lot of people that. They may, may they may know or they may not know that had a, 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 a an impact on me in terms of helping me achieve my goals, and I just want to do pay it forward and try to do the same thing and try to help these kids try to help them uh, achieve their goals, and that's playing at the highest level and, uh, uh, and doing something they love to do. Uh, and that's that's and that's all that matters to me. That's 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 why I do it, uh, and that's why I enjoy it. And uh, whether I'm coaching this level at the college level or high school level or the elementary school. It's, it's, it's all basketball, and it's all about trying to help help kids get better. Calbert, as a kid who, as I said, thought you walked on water, thanks for staring, sharing uh-huh. your story. Thanks for sharing your memories. This has been a ton of fun. We appreciate your time. Appreciate you, Chris. Thanks a lot. Revisiting his story with Michael Jordan, it was April 27th, 1997. The Washington Bullets and the Chicago Bulls met in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. It was game two of the best of three series. Calbert had a team-high 26 points for Washington, while his airness went 22 of 35 from the field for 55 points. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe through your favorite podcast portal. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please help us out by leaving a review and a rating. You can also help by sharing this episode and others on your personal social media page with friends and family. And you can follow us on social media, the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, with pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit us online, our website, hoopshall.com, and we hope you'll stick around for more future editions of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast.